When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 198 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. As we always say, great to wake up on a Sunday morning after an Everton win, and and what an important win it was in, in what was somewhat of a of a scrappy game it's got to be said but who cares three points is three points and, and in our situation it's it's massively important um but pete i'll come to you first how nice is, is it to get back to football as opposed to the business of football and just solely concentrate on everton winning the game yeah in the context of three points it's um it's it's delightful it's it's a great feeling and i think that the result yesterday just Look, not to make too much of a meal of it, but I think the importance of it just can't be understated, really. I, I think such, such a massive win. And again, huge credit to um, to the players and Sean Dice for, I think, I think the resilience and robustness of mentality that, that they had to go out and show yesterday. Because as, as usual, you know, it's one of those games where everybody just can't wait for us to to slip up or for something to go wrong. And you had that sense watching the game, didn't you? I know we were kind of joking a bit to each other. When When's Origi's goal going to come? When's When's the VAR going to come? Um, but yeah, I, I thought the, the players were absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, like you say, it wasn't, wasn't the prettiest game to watch. It, it won't be remembered as a great game of football, but I think it will be remembered as a, a really, really important result. And hopefully we look back at this game in a few weeks' time and say, you know, that's... That's when Everton um, kind of showed what they're about in the face of what's going on. I said to you, didn't I, Lee? Um, I don't think I put it on the group chat before the game. I said, I said it's really important for for us. I know, you know, we've, we've gone through the mill. I think emotionally, as a as a fan base, as a set of players and, and coaching staff, it's been a really tough tough two weeks. Um, but in terms of when we get back to the football and, and when it comes to a match day, players can't feel sorry for themselves. We just just can't get into that headspace and I know there's been a lot of talk of, of galvanising the squad and we look at the United game last weekend and it, it almost was a bit of a side show and, but we understand what obviously what the players have gone through in terms of losing those 10 points that they've, they've worked hard for but but we can't afford to, to feel sorry for ourselves going forward because if, if we do as a fan base and as players it impacts what happens on the pitch and the points that we get and we've got to win games and I think I think yesterday showed that the players are to listen the back at it you know, and, and as I say, it was a scrappy game. But I think the mentality of the players was absolutely spot on. And Sean Dice is certainly, I think, the, the right man to, to, to get the players playing and continuing to play and, and grinding out results as, as we saw yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you cannot underestimate how important that win was yesterday. Like, like, like genuinely, you cannot, you know, in terms of a mentality factor, that will give the players a massive lift. You know, um, we talked about it, um, how how it would actually affect them, you know, this 10 points deduction, you know, having worked their absolute backsides off to get those points this season. You know, we reeled off the games, didn't we? You know, they won a really tight game at Palace just before the break. Fantastic win. You know, you win a, a game away at Brentford, you win a tight game at West Ham with a great goal from Calvert-Lewin and effectively all those points are gone. 
You know what I mean? So if you're a player thinking, we've worked our asses off in these games, going away to these places, which aren't always easy places to go, by the way. You know, all those three teams have got good home records or have had good home records. And we've won all three. And then to have them taken away from you, I don't care who you are, you're a human being at the end of the day, you're going to feel a bit of injustice. So from, from Daesh's perspective, I know the rhetoric was all like, well, look, we were galvanised before. We're going to be even more now. But you've still, you've still got to get that win. You know what I mean? Before you know it, you know, I thought we were a bit... I mean, the United scoreline flattered them 3-0. I think a lot of people would agree that. United, again, were awful yesterday. We had 20... Was it 24 shots against United? So did Newcastle yesterday. The difference is, you know, Garnacho didn't come in with a one in a million world after two minutes. Otherwise, to be honest, we, we you know... We possibly could have even won that game. I know that's a big thing to say when you lost three 0 but you know what I mean. The point still stands. United, you know, at the end of the day, the way you look at them, that they're somehow winning games and they got their comeuppance yesterday. So massive credit for the players there. Massive. That will give them, like I said, probably a bigger lift than any point this season. Because you know, at the time, let's have it right, we were sitting bottom, weren't we? So, so the pressure with that as well, the mentality of that of saying, look. Burnley have just got their first win of the season and then all of a sudden you're sitting bottom when we when we should be, you know, around about mid-table. And, you know, we obviously went on and won a really tight game and we should have gone above Chelsea into 11. So that, the, you know, what that impact has on, on, on players, staff, managers, everything, cannot underestimate how important that win was. And, and you know, you just said then, Pete, it wasn't the prettiest of games and it certainly wasn't, you know, it's one of those games that could could, could easily go either way. Um, Forest aren't quite at the levels that they were last season at home. You know, they were phenomenal and it basically kept them in the league. You know, they've had a good win at Villa, like we said on last week's po- uh, podcast at home, you know, an informed Villa side. But other than that, I think that's one win in 10 for them. So, you know, they're not, they're not firing on all cylinders by any means. Um, so, you know, getting that win yesterday and getting that goal um, will be a massive lift for the players and, and the fans. You know, let's have it right as well because we're in the doldrums a little bit. We're all feeling a bit sort of aggrieved, angry, sorry for ourselves. You know what I mean? So, so we we needed that to to lift, and we've got we've got a tough tough fixture list coming up, haven't we? In the next few weeks, so that was a huge, huge three points for me. Yeah, and I think I think I think the psychological side of things, getting that first win after losing ten points, I think is massively important because it it says to the players, listen. You know, we can win games of football. It is it is a false table, like you say. Those three points yesterday, we're sitting eleventh. You know where we should be on seventeen points, and and that's that's not a bad return at all. You know, and the, it just shows you the progression. I think from last season to this season, and, and I think it's easy to forget that given the fact that we're currently sitting eighteenth. It's just, it's just a false table, you know. So I think we need to sort of get away from that if we can. You know, I didn't even look at the table, and I knew I knew we had dropped to bottom. Um, after after the the Burnley win against Sheffield United, before obviously we kicked off, but I'm not even looking at the table at this moment in time. I'm just thinking to myself, okay, game by game, that's how it's got to be because I think we will get points back. So it's 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 a false table either way. So whether we get points back or be able to still a false table. Um, but disappointed with Forest, Peter. I've got, I've got to be honest with you. I say disappointed. I didn't really care, but I thought. In terms of their performance, the drop off from from where they were last season, as as Lee mentioned, then their home form was what kept them in the league. Sort of post Christmas, it was it was brilliant. I think they were sort of third or fourth in home form post Christmas, and we went there ourselves, didn't we? And got a two all draw. Should have really won. We got a two all draw and difficult place to go. But I think what Everton did did well. What probably played into that for me a little bit was that we signed the crowd. The crowd were were really quiet. And you know, bear in mind our five on a Saturday as well. Um, under the lights at the at the city ground, it was quite a a dull and lacklustre performance from Forest, which was great for Everton, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect of the game because um, I, I think Forest have gone from you know a team you look at and you think you know they're pushing for mid table, they're not going to be in that relegation scrap to, to probably being in free fall. I mean, the, the last ten games, including the, the the game with us yesterday, they've won one in ten. One in ten. Now they scraped a couple of draws, but you know within that they've also got beaten by Burnley. They've looked a bit shaky, as you say that they've maybe lost the the security of being uh, consistently difficult to beat at home. I think this is really good for us. 
And I, I think if they sack Steve Cooper, I, you know, who did he bring in? Who did who did he bring in? And I know that the, they were talking in the game yesterday. Steve Cooper's been under a bit of pressure, and is that warranted? Blah blah blah. But I I think they've got a fundamental problem that he's going to be a very very difficult man to replace if if they do let him go. And at this point in time, they're struggling, and that that's only good for Everton because it starts to take a bit of attention off off us. There's another team then that the bottom three are, are kind of looking at trying to suck into that relegation scrap. It can only be a good thing. Um, but I I thought what we did really, really well yesterday. Which every second ball came back to us. I thought we were we were so competitive and so aggressive at getting the ball back. And although the possession the possession stats don't really reflect that, I think because of the way that we play, I think we just get on the front foot so quickly and look to counter every time that you know the the ball was contested. You know, we seem to to win it and bring it back. And like you you were saying, Mike, that's what killed the crowd. You could you could you could feel the frustration. In the stadium, even watching it from, um, you know, what watching it on the telly, and I, I just thought that was so, it'd be too much to call it call it smart, but important for the momentum of the game. And you could argue, really, we we probably could have had another two or three, you know, over the ninety minutes. I know we'll we'll come on to talk about it in a minute, um, but it's great to look back at that game and it not to be another case of the kind of the XG story where we're we're talking about near misses and chances we should have put away and it's you know it, it's definitely an important dig to um hopefully who will become a relegation rival i do agree with you on that point with forest there um and and they were saying steve cooper was coming under a bit of pressure and if you remember last season he did as well he was on the verge of getting the sack wasn't he they were on a poor run of form they were in the bottom three and he was he, there was loads of questions about him and in the end to be fair to forest they came out defiantly and said he's not going anywhere. And that seemed to galvanise them, didn't it? And they went on that run then, like you said, Mike, post-Christmas at home. They were, they were they were exceptional and they ended up staying in the league. And you know what? That's quite refreshing to see, isn't it, in modern football? The amount of times we see managers come under pressure and then the media get hold of it, the media are all over it. You know, they're interviewing the manager, putting them in awkward situations, you know what I mean? At post-game, after they've lost a match, that sort of thing. They stood by Cooper, and I'm glad you know they bucked the trend. Uh, a bit similar with Arsenal with Arteta over the years, and they're obviously getting the fruits of the labour of that now as well. And one of my biggest bugbears in modern football now is that you know you go on a bit of a bad run, which can happen, and then all of a sudden it's like sat the manager, sat the manager, sat the manager. Now sometimes look, it's right because the fit, but it almost fits with society, doesn't it? Where everything has to be instantaneous, doesn't it? You know what I mean? There's no such thing as like, okay, look, let's just try and graft our way out of this now. It's always like, let's just get a new manager in to get the bounce. You know, it, it, it's, it's quite sad, really, in football nowadays in, in that respect. No one's really given time to try and build a side and try, you know, try, try and build a side in their own identity. But going back to the game, I just thought Pete was right there, really. It, 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 arguably, you know, although we didn't, the possession stats show that Forrest had roughly 60 40, you know, on the counter again, we, we, we were just really that positivity of going forward. How many times, guys, have we had chats on here about Everton being laborious when they get the ball so slow in possession, not going forward, just going sideways, sideways, keeping it for possession's sake and not really creating anything, allowing teams to get into a shape when we get it back and then we just don't carry any threat at all. Right now, when we do get it, it's always positive, isn't it? It's always forward. You know, um, look, don't get me wrong, it's not always forward for the sake of it. You know, we're not just literally lumping it every time, but. I like the fact that, we, that there is a lot of positivity in there now and we're trying to put teams under pressure. Um, and you know what? I mean, there's mixed reaction to Beto's performance, obviously, post-post-match, but you've got to give them lad credit. And look, he's not in the same league as Calvert-Lewin. I think all of us can say that uh, talent-wise and certainly technically. But he's come in there. He's barely had a sniff this season, which will disappoint him, by the way, because he's come on a big move to the Premier League. That's a big move for him, a big move in his career. He started his career with us fairly well as well. And the fact he changed the game in the cup when he came on, gets a goal, hit the post with an incredible header. And we thought, thank God we've got a centre forward here now. You know what I mean? Not like Neil Mope that we had before. He was absolutely disastrous. Well, he scored a good goal yesterday, but I'll give him that. Um, but the point I'm saying is, is that he's come in, barely had a sniff in terms of minutes when he's trying to adjust to a new league. And look, don't get me wrong. You know, he's not the second coming of you know the Brazilian Ronaldo. He didn't he didn't exactly set the game alight, but 
he gave us a platform, didn't he, from, from which to play. And I know his hold-up play isn't always the neatest. But Mike, you were saying off there before, off air before then, you know, just his ability to be awkward, occupy defenders, you know what I mean? And, and, and ultimately, look, he's won the free kick that led to the goal. And, and you know, that allows us to sort of play that way and, 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 and credit where it's due. You know, he, he, he needs a goal, we all know that. And I think that'll lift so much weight off him. But, you know, considering he's had 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, because Dyche barely makes a substitution in a match, um, I, I think he deserves huge credit yesterday. Yeah, you know, everyone's going to look back on on the, the chance he missed, of course, in, in the first half. And, and we, we get that. You know, we, we understand that people will, will look at that and say he's got a score. And he's done the right thing, hasn't he? He's lifted the ball. He had to lift the ball. And, you know, you look by his, his reaction when he's missed and he's sort of given sort of hand signals as if to say, you know, I've got to just dip, dip, dip it lower. Uh, and I felt for him because we said it the other week, I think if he scores a goal, then I think his decision-making probably gets a little bit better as well. Because they alluded to it on the commentary last night where it's almost, he gets sort of the blinkers on, doesn't he? And when he gets in and around that 18-yard box, it's get his shot off, get his shot off, because he's just dying to score. And we know he's unorthodox. We know he can look a little bit ungainly. Um, but it's still, when you've got Calvert-Lewin, you, you know, he's got a niggle and he can't play. And there's, you know, there's a lot of games in December. So understandably so. They don't want to be risking him when we've got another game on Thursday, another game the following Sunday. Um, so Beto's important to, to this side and, and the, the seamless transition from having Calvert-Lewin as much as, the, yeah, OK, they are different, but the similar sort of style of player in terms of the size to good in the air, things like that. You know, it's important that we've got a player like that. And he is, you know, he is a bit of a pain. He's a bit of a nuisance and he's big and strong. He can, he can look, you know, he can do something one minute, which looks like, you know, what, what, what are you doing there? It looks awful. And then, and then a minute later, we've seen him do it time and again. You know, where he, he can go past a couple of players, you know, with a little bit of sublime skill. And we saw yesterday, you know, turning players, getting pulled back during the foul. You know, he was, go, he was going away. You know, Felipe should have been sent off, which I think, you know, the pundits sort of forget post-game. They're going up about this penalty that Forrest should or shouldn't have had. Felipe should have been off the pitch. Make no mistake about that. It's, it's two clear yellow cards. He gets one and gets away with absolute murder for the second one. So, you know, big decisions. But Beto caused that by his strength, by his ability to turn. You know, so it's it's one of those things where it's disappointing and he's always going to be in the limelight when Calvert-Lewin's in because we know how good Calvert-Lewin is and how important he is to this side. So when Beto comes in and doesn't sort of hit the ground running or doesn't score a goal and what have you, people will always look to his to his performance. But I thought he did okay. You know, should yeah, you know, he should have scored. We know he should have scored. But I think those last ten minutes before he came off, he was he was doing up a thoughts better with the wide players, um, and, and getting a little bit more involved. But difficult game, you know, it was a difficult game. It was a scrappy game for everyone. Um, but he's certainly a player who I'd rather have in, in the squad than not in the squad. And I said it time and again, once he gets a goal in the Premier League, it, you know, it'll come then for him, and I think he'll settle a little bit more. You know, make no mistake, it's a hard league to come to. Um, you're always eager. It's a big move for him. It's it's obviously he's he's come across as a as a fan favourite. He knows that the fan the fans have taken to him. Still singing his name when he went off yesterday, which I'm sure he appreciates. But it will it will come. Um, and as I said, well, Mike, I also love his honesty as well, don't you? Yeah, you know I mean, he's, he's like he's he's what I'd call a typical Everton player in the fact that he'll give absolutely 120 percent every game. You know, what I mean, he's not just strolling around. You know, and and and. You know, expecting you know, matter forwards have had like that over the years. By the way, you know, you know, aren't chasing defenders down, who aren't running the channels. I think his movement's very good as well. You know, I mean, he makes good runs. He's looking to get in behind, and you know, credit where it's due. Like I said, you know, he's, he's not getting much of an opportunity. So when when you do get a chance, and let's be fair, it wasn't a game with a, with you know with a glut of chances yesterday either. So it was always going to come down to the odd goal, and you know, it, like you said, it arguably that you know he had one of the best chances of the first half and. He was a bit unlucky, you know. Like you said, he had to kind of get some height on it to clear to clear the keeper and the defender. But you know, he, he kind of snatched at it a little bit, didn't he? You know, and that's what happens. You know, that's what happens when you're not really getting a game and you're desperate for a goal. You're not as relaxed in front of goal. But but then you know, you cast your mind back to when he when he when he played in the cup against Burnley and and, and he set that the goal up, didn't he, for Ashley Young? I mean, that that was superb play, wasn't it? Where he's he's, he's just he made something out of nothing, hasn't he? So, you know, I do think, you know, can, can you imagine, I said this to you boys on a previous pod, and Mope coming in, 
some of these games with the greatest respect to him. I know he's come out recently and said, like, you know, he got an absolute sorry time. You know, partially that's his own doing as well. You know what I mean? If, you know, the amount, of, the amount of chances he missed. I think loads of people were showing that chance he missed in the derby, do you remember? You know, which would effectively have won the game. I mean, it's an absolute sitter. Um, and look, we didn't play to his strengths. He probably needs people with him. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Beto's the type of guy where we can still play with one guy up front and he can occupy centre-halves, isn't he? Exactly that. And that's it. It's just a transition from, as I say, losing Calvert-Lewin to then wanting to play the same way. And you've got the same kind of player in, in, in Beto. So, yeah, you know, unlucky yesterday, unlucky. But it will it will happen for him. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Um, but we, as you said, Pete, you know, we, we could have scored another goal. In, in that first half, especially, you know, the, the, the Dwight McNeil chance where he's done everything right, hasn't he? You know, lovely, lovely little ball in from Decoy, who, by the way, I thought at times yesterday he, he was terrific. His first touch at times with Decoy, we know what he's like with sometimes when the ball comes into him, but over his shoulder in the air, he's bringing the ball down for three or four times during the game. And, you know, we know he's a little bit um, up and down, isn't he? But lovely, lovely little bit of play from him, plays McNeil and does everything right. It's, it's going in and then obviously... Uh, Murillo gets back, doesn't he? Who's uh, had, a, had a decent game for them and, and blocks it on the line. But at half, you know, at half time, Pete Everton could have feasibly been two 0 up and would have deserved to have been so. De- definitely, definitely. And I, I think when we went into half time, you were slightly worried about what you know how Forest would come out, whether they'd be a bit galvanised by that and how they'd respond. But fortunately, they, they didn't, and we you know we stayed consistent in the way that we played. Um, I thought you both raised really important points about about Beto there in in terms of what you know what he does provide for the team and I really agree with Lee actually in the comparison with with Mope. I mean, in some ways it might be a little bit unfair to to Mope, but I think you look at Beto and you you just feel confident that he's going to come good, don't you? You you, you just have confidence in him and, and even if he's not on the score sheet, what he he brings to the team with with his performances and the way he can play is so important to us and so effective. Um, and I think that's the key difference, really. You don't you don't feel anxious watching Beto, do you? When he's missing chances, you feel for him, but you don't feel frightened by it like like you did with Mope. Um, but I, I think it's all part of the, the XG picture, which is, has kind of become the story of of Everton's season so far. And I'm I'm, I'm hoping that that'll be another story that changes um, in regards to us becoming more effective in front of goal because we're, we're making some fantastic chances, aren't we? But, but I think for a number of reasons, we're, we're not quite, um, you know, representing that in terms of goals. And I think we're, depending on which way you look at the, the statistics table, we're, we're, we're top or bottom of, um, of the wrong tables in terms of uh, XG conversion. Um, and I think it's unfair to put all of that on, you know, Calvert-Lewin, Beto or, or, or Chimiti when he, he comes on with cameos because it's it's a team responsibility but I do think there's something about consistency and finishing chances that hopefully will start to to click for us and lift us up the table because it was a little bit of a theme again on commentary yesterday it was always about oh Everton creating chances Everton missing chances big chances and those two in the first half were a prime example and you want to try and get away from that it's it's brilliant that we that we create so many clear cut chances it really is and we, we you know we got the feeling ourselves where we went in a half time at nil nil and we had those two big chances that you thought you know it's going to be the same old same old story again where we've seen it against United and we said it last weekend that that performance was not a three nil loss. You know, it just it just wasn't. Everton missed chance after chance after chance. Should have been ahead of half time, probably two one against United, and we had other chances in the in the second half. So, I think the you know we, we need to sort of get away from that in terms of a mentality that old hard luck story. Everton are creating chances and not scoring. Start taking them, you know, and and don't get me wrong, good defender for the McNeil one. Of course, it was the he's, he's done particularly well there. Uh, McNeil couldn't have done anything else. He's done it all exactly right. But we, we've got to we've got to make sure that it doesn't become the story of our season because we saw it at the start of the season. We said it was down to personnel, you know, the, the right personnel weren't weren't fit and weren't playing, um, and the wrong personnel maybe were. We've now got over that, but I'd still, you know, we are creating chances. We should be scoring more, you would argue. But look at that, look at the form, look at the form. Everton, uh, one of the most informed sides in the Premier League. Let's not forget that. This is why I say ignore the table. Look at us. And we won four of the last six. Our away form is terrific. Seven away games this season, four wins, one draw, two defeats. Those defeats are at Anfield and at Villa Park. So 
that that's that's that is some turnaround for a side that could ever win an away game. We've won four away games this season, by the way. We won four in the previous two seasons combined. That that's incredible. Well, you call it five because we went back to Villa and turned them over as well. Yeah, so I mean, league, so... league, yeah, league, league. Because obviously, yeah, yeah, waiting yeah. home in the in the cup, we beat Villa, we beat Doncaster, haven't we? So we can add them yeah. two as well if you want. But the point is that the mentality yeah, to go yeah. away from home, and not by the way, not just not just beat sides that maybe you feel that you got a real chance against. We've gone to Brentford and beat them comfortably. We went to Palace, beat them, really quick athletic side who pegged us back twice. We went to West Ham, got a clean sheet, won a game against a side who won a European trophy only a few months ago. And and a, a real solid Premier League side who, who obviously fight for European places under David Moyes. And then you've gone to Forest, who've you know had a great home record generally. I think they lost one one home game, maybe two this season before we before we got there. But still a difficult side to go to go and beat away from home. And we're fairly comfortable in doing so. So you got you got to applaud the the players and the manager for for the way that they approach away games. It's just a, now what we need to do is bring that into, into Goodison Park. Because if you sort the home form out and you pick up maybe six or seven wins at home if, between now and the end of the season and get a few more away, Evan are comfortable. We're comfortable in terms of where, where we finish. And that's what we need to look at. But, you know, it nearly was a bit of a hard luck story yesterday, it's got to be said. But but Lee, Dwight McNeil pops up with his first goal of the season. We, we're used to it, aren't we? After top goal scorer last season, scored some absolutely terrific goals. You know, we know how good his left foot is. Left foot players are just better. Uh, and I, I can I can vouch for that, you know. I know my left foot's ab- absolutely rocket of a left foot I've got. But Dwight, but Dwight McNeil is technique. I mean, he said he called it the paintbrush apparently uh, <coughs> at Finch Farm. So that's a little bit of an inside joke there. But if any you want us to fall to anybody in the box, sort of from a technical perspective, you want him there, don't you? And, and what a strike it was. Well, yours, yours certainly isn't a paintbrush. Um, I was like Louis Taha. You, you've got to think back to those days down at um, down in Waverley. I picked them when I used to get sort of one on one with the keeper on the angle, always across him into the bottom corner. Absolute arrow, like Louis Saha. I tell you, me, me and him, two, like two peas in a pod. Pete, Pete will definitely back me up on this. It definitely wasn't a paintbrush, Pete. It was more like a roller, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, it was it was it was always either in the top corner, one in ten, or like literally over, over towards the over towards the tennis centre. Um, but no, going back to it on in all seriousness, I think you're right. He needed that goal. He needed that goal, Dwight, this season. He was our top scorer last season, um, and you know he was a big reason we stayed up. Um, people shout, shout out about Decore, and obviously he was big as well. But I think McNeil was superb last season, towards the end of last season. Really, ever since Dyche came back. You know, when we first signed him, and and we all knew he had a nice left foot. You know, he scored a worldie against us, didn't he, at Goodison for Burnley? But you kind of watched him, and you thought like he always seems to be playing like he's in second gear. He never seems to have any urgency. It's his style, isn't it? It's his languid style. And then um, we kind of thought, well, what have we signed here? You know, I mean, and then obviously Dyche comes in and gets a tune out of him again. And and you know, he, he, like I said, he was he was instrumental in staying up in the league last season with his goals and. You look at some of the goals he scored, particularly away at Brighton, didn't he? Some superb goals there. You know what I mean? You, you were watching like... I mean, that one where he dribbled around everyone was like watching Rakobo, wasn't it, back in the day? Um, but no, he was... Um, he needed that goal. He needed that goal just for his confidence. He was starting to suffer a bit recently, I think, in terms of confidence. I know Dice just stood by him. Uh, I think I even mentioned the other day, you know, if he, if he, he was on a sort of poor run of form, wasn't really affecting the game. Harrison on the other side had had quite a few assists and a couple of goals as well so obviously was outdoing him on the other wing and I was kind of almost saying well look let's make McNeil think his place is under threat let's throw Dan Juma in uh, to one of these games and let's see what he offers us I know he doesn't offer us as much going the other way defensively but let's just do that just to make McNeil think look you're not guaranteed a game every week even though you're not playing brilliant and then he needed that yesterday and like you said he could have got two really if it wasn't for a great bit of defending off the line Um, so yeah, chuffed for him. It'll lift him. We need a few more goals from him. Um, you know, there was a bit of shout out yesterday saying Harrison was struggling a bit yesterday, not having as much of an impact. Um, and you know, you know what? He he's come into the side and and on the whole, for me, he's been very solid. You know what I mean? He scored a few goals. He's had a few assists. Another assist again yesterday for the winning goal. Uh, lovely little move that, by the way. You know, I mean, great little bit of movement from Garner. If you watch Garner there, he leaves his defender, plays an instant one-two, 
and Harrison crosses it first time, didn't he? So it was literally like, you know, people were lauding Arsenal's goal and it was a brilliant goal that Odegaard scored. You know what I mean? It wasn't too dissimilar to that. It was bam, 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 and it was in the box. It was a great finish. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for McNeil because it, it just it just lifts him, I think. He's definitely a confidence player, isn't he? And um, I think that'll lift him a little bit. Um, and I loved his celebration in front of the Forest fans as well, uh, giving it the big in, wasn't it? Which was, which was Which was great. And we needed that. You know the team needed that in a tight game. It was always going to be first goal, and um, and it was a hell of a finish as well. I mean, he's cut right across it. Um, keeper nearly got it, didn't he? Just got a think some fingers on it, um, but there was just too much pace on it, and it beat him. And superb. Um, I'm really chuffed for him. Really chuffed for him. Um, but also, you know, backing him up as well. I mean, I'll eat a massive chunk of humble pie with Mikalenko. Um, you two, particularly Pete in particular, as 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 you know, stuck up for him more than I have in the past. Um, Pete being probably a bit more defensive minded uh, than, than I am, probably. Um, but yeah, I was really critical of Mikolenko not offering us anything in the other in in the final third. Um, defensively, again, he was brilliant yesterday, wasn't he? Absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's playing with confidence. I think this is you know he's peaked, he's peaked at the minute in terms of his confidence and. You can see it, you know, Gibbs White, who's, you know, let's be honest, a very good player. In the amount of times he's got quick feet, he was trying to get past and never got the better of him ever, did he? You know, I mean, he even tried a little JJ Cotcher on the side there. He didn't even fall for it at all, did he? Just shepherded him out. Um, and he is getting better going the other way as well. So you've got to give massive credit to Mikolenko. And if there's a manager that would appreciate him, it's Daesh, isn't it? And the fact that you're a defender first, you're a fullback second, and that's classic Daesh, isn't it? Yeah, that left-hand side is massively settled, isn't he? You know, it's it, those two players picked themselves. You know, and we know Dwight McNeil struggled this season a little bit. You know, since he's come back, and we, we all said it. You know, we felt that he just doesn't hasn't been hitting the heights, and is he really back to, to full fitness? We know he got that ankle injury, didn't he? I think it was against Stoke in pre-season, so he missed the start of the season. But then once he got that goal, I was having a, a little a little look at him and a bit more uh, a bit closely and a bit more closely and. You could see then he was sort of then back to the Dwight McNeil that we know. It's just lifted them and he was buzzing around and he was he was putting players under pressure and doing what we know that he can do. Don't be wrong, I think he had a decent game without scoring a goal, but he just watched players and, and psychologically for them and for him to get that first goal of the season when he's been unlucky and could have scored, you know, probably three or four this season, to be fair. He's got that goal now and and he's just you can see it, it's just lifted them. But that left hand side's great. And you know, Mikhailenko, I thought was absolutely terrific. I thought I thought he was he was fantastic. Going forward, watch him. He breaks he breaks his neck to get forward now, which we weren't seeing with him. You know, we were see, what we were seeing with him. He was, he was a player who's scared to get forward, and and then as soon as he gets the ball, he looks to come back. But he breaks his neck to get past Dwight McNeil now, which is which is fantastic to see. And he joins up with with the play. If the, if the ball's on the other side of the pitch, he goes. Um, but defensively, which we know is his bread and butter, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I mean, he was a shelf man in the match. You know him. I thought Tarkovsky and Brantwick were terrific yet again. You know, when Tarkovsky had a little bit of a stumble in the um, in that first half, didn't he? A little bit unlucky. I think, I think the pitch was to blame slightly. It was a it was a slippy slippy pitch, but him and Brantwick were just were just fantastic. Um, after Ashley Young's initial wobble when he, he took a langer down in the first ten minutes, he thought, "Here comes the yellow card." I thought he settled and did did well against the difficult opponents. Um, but Pete, I've got I've, I've got to I've got to bring him up because I thought I thought. Rightly so, he got man of the match. Uh, James Garner, absolutely terrific, wasn't he? That, that's you know we've seen him put in those kind of performances um, since he settled into that middle, middle of the, of the park role. Um, but he was absolutely everywhere, wasn't he? Listen, I, I can't say enough about James Garner and, and his performance yesterday. I thought from the from the first minute he set the standard. I think I sent I sent a message in, in into into our group, then after about two minutes to say. You know, look how well Garner's started. He, he he was head and shoulders above everybody else on the pitch. He absolutely bossed that midfield, but he 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 did everything well. He, you know, he's he's got everything in the locker. You know, the, the lad is for, for me a, a, an archetypal midfielder. In that he's you know he's a sensible football player. He's got a football brain. You know, I I don't want to pull daft comparisons out out the bag. You know, like Paul Scholes, Michael Carrick, but he's got that kind of quality about him where he he knows the right pass, he sees the right pass, he keeps it simple. 
but I thought he was so aggressive as well. He set the standard in terms of you know pace, commitment. Um, I thought the timing of his challenges were you know were absolutely brilliant. There were a couple of times he he made some brilliant recovery challenges when um, you know Forrest broke against us. He's just got a footballing brain, and I think he's he can like Mikalenko really. You can see the development in him, but the two of them. For me, that they're developing so quickly. I think people forget how young those two players are. Um, I thought it was such an assured performance as well. I mean, you, but you could see the difference between him and you know, no, no disrespect to them, the Forest midfield. They couldn't, they couldn't get near him. They couldn't get near him. Term, you know, in terms of quality, in terms of you know the footballing brain. It was, it was just too good for everybody. Um, and I think that's that's so, it's absolutely fantastic for Everton because you know, it wasn't too long ago. You know the, the the midfield pairing was you know losing us games. You know it wasn't so long ago we had Andre Gomez and Tom Tom Davies in that midfield pairing. You know again no no disrespect to the two of them, but the different types of footballers and the midfield was so imbalanced. Um, I thought Garner Gay was was outstanding as well, but yeah James Garner was uh, was absolutely shining light in that that team yesterday, and I, I think he's he's been Mister Consistent for us as well. Um, you know, the the quality of his performances have been so, so high. And I, I think he's becoming a really, really important player for Everton. He's on loan at Forest, wasn't he? But yeah, had a, had a good he, season. He, he, he did, he did. I think almost like, you know, the classic going back to that ground where you played before, wanted to show what you're about. And I think he did that in, in bucket loads yesterday. Uh, I agree with you, Pete. He's a well-rounded midfielder, isn't he? He's got a bit of everything, really. Um if you were to really pick a few holes, maybe with his ability to shoot as well, because he's got a good technique on him when he, you know, he's got a good shot and he probably should get maybe a few more goals or certainly a few more shots off. But, you know, I mean, like you said, he, like he's still a kid, you know, he's, he's by far from, you know, uh, in his peak, he's still got a few years to go before that. But if he adds goals and assists to his game, then you have got a complete midfielder and you really have. Um, I thought Adrissa Gay yesterday also deserves a big shout out. You know, Onana, like Mike, you've said plenty of times, has been really, really good this season for us on the whole. And we missed him a little bit last week with his physicality. And, you know, both those two yesterday, I think Dice alluded to it in his post-match as well, didn't he, saying it was a pleasure to watch those two midfielders put in a midfield performance. And, um, you know, a lot of games in football these days, you know, I know there's a lot of changes in the way, the way, the way matches are played and everything else, but Ultimately, you win the midfield battle. A lot of times, you tend to win the game, don't you? And those two yesterday were a big reason why we we won that football match. Yeah, they, they were, and, and we know how much of a miss Amadou Onana is. You know, we you, out of out of your span of that team, obviously, if you go from Pickford, obviously the two centre halves, it's Onana and it's Calvert Lewin, and you're missing two of those players yesterday. So to go there and win the game, and and look fairly comfortable in doing so, I thought I thought was was was, was really really important and, and it was a real standout for me but having those two lads in the middle of the park in, in Garner Gay and James Garner two lads who you know you know they will they will work hard but you've got a kid who's 22 in James Garner 22 years of age and you saw him giving Jordan Pickford absolute shit when at, at one point when I think Pickford the, did it, when he threw the ball out didn't he late on in the game it wasn't a good throw poor distribution they picked it up and they got they got a shot away. And Garner, t- you know, he, he, no problem. You give it to him and told him, what are you doing? You put us under under severe pressure. We won the up, you know, back end of the game. And, and that's that's what you want to see. But the kid's 22 and he and he led on the pitch last night. And I think that that's so important to have all over the pitch as players who were vocal and who were quite happy to stand up. You know, you've got it with your centre half in terms of in terms of Tarkovsky. Grantway's a bit of a talker, but that, that will come. But the middle of the park, when you've seen it all, you know, front and back, you've got our players in the middle of the park who are prepared to talk, who are prepared to graft, who are prepared to just put the work in and do the, do the, the dirty stuff. And both those players yesterday did that for me. Both of them, I thought, were, were fantastic. But James Garner, right, he got the man on the match because he was absolutely everywhere, whether it be, you mentioned Pete putting his foot in, tackling, his passing was good, you know, his talking, his organisation, his football brain's very good. You know, we had, he had one shot in the first half where he decided to volley the ball, loop it over the goalkeeper, didn't quite get it right. But he's he's there, and he, he's he's now become a really important part of, of this side. We know when Onana's fit, he'll come back in for Garner Gay, and rightly so. You know, but but James Garner keeps his place every day of the week at this moment in time, and it's it's great for him to be able to play where 
he's comfortable where he, he, he prefers to play. We know he's done a job for us at right back, at right wing back, you know, but he deserves to be in the middle of the park. And it was it was great to see him put out that performance, that performance yesterday. But just to round this off before we, we have a, a little break before we discuss Newcastle, I, I can't, I know just mentioned Pickford then. Pete, Pickford save in the second half when he comes flying out at, 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 a, at a rate of knots, by the way. What a save that was at 1-0 because that decision-making that we all talk about in every position, if he stays back there and just closes the angle, I think they'd probably score. The fact that he came out at 100 miles an hour and, and blocked it and then he celebrates like he'd score the goal, that, that was great, wasn't it? World-class. World-class. And, and I mean, you'll be able to comment on this better, better than me, Mike, but for, for me, that's the difference between you know your, your, your real elite keepers and the, and the level below. The elite keepers make decisions like that and, and get them right. Um, and I, I think it's what you'd expect of, you know, England's number one goalkeeper. And, you know, we know what a good shot stopper Jordan Pickford is. I mean, I, clearly I've, I've got Everton tinted glasses on, but I, I can't think of another keeper in the league that matches Jordan Pickford for, you know, reflexes and reactions and, and the ability to, um, to, to shot stops at, you know, short notice. Where he has come under scrutiny is sometimes his, his decision making. And for me, yesterday, it was just another case for him get, getting it absolutely right. And I think, I mean, it's, it's the cliche of the goalkeepers, isn't it? But when they're not making mistakes and they're being consistent and performing well, often that goes under the radar. That doesn't get recognised, does it? You know, like a good referee. You don't talk about a good referee. And I, I think sometimes the same thing applies with goalkeepers. And, you know, when was the last time that we highlighted Jordan Pickford for, you know, making a really poor mistake? I, I, I can't remember. I can't think of it. And I think again, it's it's another sign of his development, his maturity, his mental robustness. But he's he's become so reliable for us, um, and has been so loyal to us. And I I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I thought the save from the Murillo shot as well. Again, it was a save he should have made, but it, it was just another really competent, solid performance from him all around, wasn't it? Yeah, and clean sheets like goals for goalkeepers, aren't they? So they're, they're mass- massively important, as you say. He did what he had to do with the Murillo shot as well. Um, but, you know, he, he loves getting a clean sheet. And, and that save was really, really important. You know, it was, as you say, you know, do other goalkeepers make that decision? Possibly not. Um, but it's vitally important that he's got his head screwed on. We know, obviously, Newcastle around the corner, next game at Goodison Park. And we know in the past what's happened against them in terms of Jordan Pickford, how he's reacted. Um, so it's important he's, he's in good form, which I think I think he is. Um, and it's going to be a big game on Thursday, but it's um, it was great to get the three points. Of course, we know how important it is. Um, you know, if it wasn't for for this this awful punch deduction, Everton are sitting at mid table comfortably, comfortably away from any kind of danger, and rightly so. Um, but listen, Everton are coming. Don't you worry about that. First win after punch deduction. It's a big one. It's came in only the second game after those those points have been taken off us. It's a big psychological lift for the players and for the fans. And we go into Thursday now, I think, with it, you know, feeling that you know we are in good form. I think we we forgot that after the United game, after all, all the doom and gloom surrounding the club, we are in good form. Um, okay, we've got a form side coming in Newcastle, but it promises to be a, a white hot atmosphere Thursday night, and we're going to discuss that after this short break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast as we look ahead to the the visit of, of our favourite our favorite brothers from the north in Newcastle United. Um, I can't stand them, by the way. I mentioned that a few times on the podcast over the years, but I absolutely can't stand them. Um, and it's just been even heightened in the last 18 months to two years, but they absolutely drive me nuts. Um, so, so, yeah, so we look, look, forward, look forward to that. But obviously, their most recent game, Against Manchester United, uh, they they won by one goal to nil. Could have could have been more, you would argue, based on what I saw. Anthony Gordon scored again, so that's that bodes well for for Goodison Park uh, on on Thursday. But aside, they were 
absolutely ravaged by injuries, it's got to be said. You know, I know they've had a few players come back in, in the, the last week or so. You, we saw Nick Pope go off last night, didn't he? Looks like a potential dislocated shoulder. I'm no doctor, but that's what it looked like. You've also got the likes of Jacob Murphy. He's he's out his knee. Things got exactly the same injury, to be honest with you. Um, and then Call- Callum Wilson, he's uh, he's injured. Harvey Barnes is injured. Anderson, Botman, Dan Byrne, um, Joe Willock. There's a lot of players there who they've got they've got injured now. And as I say, I'd, I'd Nick Pope Nick Pope to that now as well. Um, so yeah, so it, it looks like he'd decide that that played last night. Bar Bar Pope, we're probably going to see a Goodison Park, but. Lee, it's still aside, I think Newcastle, you know, with, as much as I'm not a, a big fan of theirs, which which comes, as I say, pre, pre-investments anyway, they're aside that they have got quality, they have bought well since the money has come in. And those players who, obviously, they've, they went to Paris Saint-Germain, got a draw there, they've obviously beaten Manchester United. They have got quality throughout the side, and they're aside who were well-drilled, well-coached by Eddie Howe, they know exactly what the roles are. So... The, the visit to them, we saw how hard it was last season when they came to Goodison Park and, and absolutely steamrolled us. It's going to be a tough night on Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like you. I'm, I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Newcastle. Um, it's more so the... I'm a fan of Eddie Howe, though, by the way. You know I mean? So, you, know, you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know, dislike the whole, the whole entity of it, but I, I, I'm a big fan of what Eddie Howe's done there. We all know he's a blue as well. Um, but you know, a lot of people questioned that move, didn't they? Him going there and, and where they were and everything else. But you've got to give him massive credit. He's done a superb job. But let's be honest, he knows he's not stupid. You know, they've got they've got a basically a whole state behind them financially. You know, a bit like what happened at City, wasn't it, with Mark Hughes? He probably knows at some point they're going to want to bring in a superstar manager uh, with a name to sort of match the brand and everything else. But you've got to give him massive credit. You know, Newcastle. When he took over, we were bottom of the league, and and you know whilst it took him a few times to get it get their first win, since then they've never looked back. Um, and you know he's, he's he's slowly but surely building a really good team there, isn't he? Even with those players you listed that are out, they still put a very good side out yesterday. Um, and that shows you, you know, that's testament to the to the squad he's created. And let's be honest, I think you wouldn't find you'd barely find one Everton fan that would have predicted how well Anthony Gordon's done for them this season. He's double double figures in goals and assists. I, di- I disagree with that, you know. I, I disagree with you because I go on a Newcastle fan thing, and sorry to interject there, um, yeah. but I go on to, on to a Newcastle fan thing twice a season, and I'm on it again on Tuesday. I'll, I'll let you know what it's called at the end of the show if you want to get on there, because it's always, always, always good fun. As much as I'm not a big fan of theirs, it's always a, a good laugh with them. I said when Gordon signed for them, he will flourish at Newcastle because the pressure of Everton is not there. Now, I don't care what they say about being a big club and this and that. The pressure of Everton for someone who supposedly supports the club is just not there. Take it away on a young kid and and just let him play his football and get fit and what have you, and he'll fly. And I know a lot of people will will say, you know, they can't stand Gordon and, and he's he's never, he's not a top player. And I've seen people who said they watched him when he was younger and he was never going to be a top player. He's got all the attributes to be a top player and he's proven it now in the side. Okay. It's easier in a winning side, of course it is, of course. But the kid's looking, you know, not out of place when he's playing in the Champions League. He's scoring, he's think he scored, I think, four times on the spin at home for Newcastle. The first player, I think, since Alan Shearer to do that. Now, I'm not sitting here, you know, lording over Anthony Gordon, but you've got to be fair. The kid was so important for us, and people forget that he he was playing in, in such a heightened, um, basically, pressure, urban situation. We were in relegation battles. He, he, he put it all on him. And at times, it impacted his performance. He was running around like a blue-ass fly, and it didn't help him. But because he because he meant something to him, I think people sort of just just forget that and, and think he was such a poor player. He, he really wasn't. He was just... He needed... It wasn't the right the right club, almost, for Anthony Gordon, to, to be moulded. That, that, that's, the, that's the honest truth. If, if maybe he was in at the club, say just say now under Sean Dice, where... We should be mid-table, and it should be a bit more comfortable. He'd probably be, be that that bit better, but but he is he is a good player. He has got he has got speed, he has got good feet. He's got an eye for a goal, so he's always going to be a danger. And you've got to say he's done particularly well since he's been there. He's as I say, take the pressure off him, and this is what he can do. And Everton have got to be mindful of that on Thursday night. He, he's he's a real danger. 
True. I don't. I don't dis. I, you know, don't worry. It's important. You got your point over. I, I don't. I don't disagree with you wholly. Um, but I, I think you wouldn't. Well, what what the point I was making is, I w- you wouldn't find many Everton fans that would have turned down forty million either. No, I Because at the time we were all like, uh, the vast majority of us were like, well, we would have probably took off that. You know what I mean? And obviously, a, a lot of that's dictated by the financial situation we were in as well. But Eddie House clearly saw a player there. Uh, in him, and and he's and he's done very well with him. He's improved him. Yeah, you know, Lampard saw a player there as well. Lampard really liked him. He's the one that brought him into the fold, wasn't he? Um, and a lot of that's dictated by his pace. He's lightning quick, you know. Which obviously in the Premier League is a massive asset. Well, in any league, it's a massive asset. But you know that that for him is one of his biggest asset, big, biggest assets to his game. Um, do I think he will have gone on and, and like I said, got double figures, goals, assists this season? Probably not, if I'm honest. But he's done it already inside 14 games, which is massive credit to him. Like I said, Eddie Howe deserves a huge round of applause as well for for for, for you know for coaching him and proving him. And you are right, yes, away from the cauldron that is Goodison Park, and, and you know certainly with the you know what we were going through, it probably wasn't the most fertile ground for him to learn to be a professional footballer. Uh, and 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 ultimately, when that was found out, um, but. When, I, when they bought Harvey Barnes as well, who also plays in off that left-hand side, I'll be honest, Harvey Barnes has got a big injury now. But I'll be honest with you, I, I think overall, I would have thought Harvey Barnes would have been starting ahead of him. Um, you know, we all know how good Harvey Barnes is. He's a little bit older, a bit more experienced in the Premier League. Also another player who's got pace and a goal in him. But then since Harvey Barnes has got injured, you've got to give him credit. He's, he's stepped up and taken, taken, it, you know, taken his spot and, and, you know, he, he's arguably their biggest goal threat right now. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, I just hope to God Ashley Young is going to start, but we know he will be. Um, because, Dice, you know, it's like a love affair with Michael Keane all over again, isn't it? And, 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 and Gordon will know that. And Eddie Howell will know that. They'll be saying to him, you run at him every single time. Um, and to be honest, in a weird way, I'd love to see Coleman up against him. You know, Coleman, Coleman's body position, his ability to sort of play against players with pace, as he has done over the season, is far better than Ashley Young, isn't it? And the fact the way he positions himself, the way he always gives him an extra yard, you know, to, to allow him to recover. Obviously, he's not as quick as he used to be. We all know Seamus isn't going to come in, by the way, unless there's maybe an injury. So he's not going to suddenly throw him in, uh, having not played at all this season in the Premier League. But well, that would be a battle that would actually be good to see because Seamus will have come up against him a ton of times in training as well. Um, but that side does worry me. That side does worry me um, with Young there because, as we know, he, you know he's liable to a yellow card purely because he's just his reactions are just so slow. Um, you know, he's 38 years old and that would show why. But another player that really concerns me for them is, is, is obviously Isaac and, 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 you know, we all know how much ability this kid's got. And you know, let's be fair. You know that 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 assist he got last season was was world class, wasn't it? The way he, he mugged off Ben Godfrey and then several of other centre halves as well. And you know, he, he looked he looked mustard at times. Um, and 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 he's he's a real talent. Um, there's rumours Cal Callum Wilson's coming back, but he's not quite ready yet. Hopefully, the game will come too soon for him. He's a bit like Martial, isn't he? He always seems to score against us. So I'd be glad if he's not playing. Um, and, you know, there's, there's still a good time. Bruno Gamares is a top player. I've always liked him. He's been a brilliant signing for them. He's, he's horrible, him, you know. He's horrible. He gets away with murder every single week. And I don't know why. He leaves his foot in and then pleads innocence. And for me, he's absolutely cynical in what he does. So I would think He's a player, Mike. He's a player. He is, he is. But it's a bit, it's, this is where the midfield battle is so important. And this is why... Amadou Onan is going to be so important, hopefully, to, to get him back in there because we need some kind of physicality against that him and Joe Lundson, especially. Those two are the ones that actually run the you know they run the show for Newcastle. So we need we need some big players in there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The midfield battle will be crucial. And and there's a player which I desperately wanted us to get, and I don't know what happened, why we didn't get him, and in the end is Livramento, who I think, by the way, is going to go to the to quote Harry Redknapp to the very top. <laughs> This kid is going to go to the very top. I think he's a real talented player, this kid. Do, I mean, do, they play... do, it, do it in his voice. Do it in Redknapp's voice. Uh, it's a bit too P- early in the morning. I was out. Pete should do a good Sean Dyke. Remember going back to the eight episodes? He did a bit of a Sean Dyke. <laughs> I have to try and find that clip. We'll get that clip out at some point and we'll, we'll play that. But 
do it do it in Redknapp's voice. Well, I was out last night having a few uh, a few a few drinks. So it's probably probably not going to do it justice. Probably more like <laughs> Barry White. Um, no, but going back to the point, Livramento, I think, is a real talented player. Real talent. I know they're playing him at left back at the minute because of injuries, obviously. Um, but he's 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 a top player. He, he's he's going to be for me the next if he stays fit four or five years will be one of the best fullbacks in the league. Um, and you know we missed out on him for what re- one reason or another. I don't know whether it, was it a Rafa situation possibly or something like that. Probably. <laughs> I mean, where he probably turned him down. Um, but again, look, we've got we've also got a, a good young fullback in in Patterson. Is he at that level? Maybe, maybe not. But Patterson doesn't get a chance, unfortunately, to show show you know how good he is. And we all think he needs to run in the side, but Dice clearly doesn't trust him. So we'll park that for another day. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. It's gonna be tough. we know that you know um, we know it's gonna be a very tough game. And you know, at the same time, though. I, I, we we need a result at home, and I, and I think we we can get a result against them. They have got a lot of crucial players out. You know what I mean. A lot of it's going to come down to again, can we get that first goal? You know what I mean uh, against them at home, and and let's see how it goes from there. Because then then you could have a real top game if we score first on Thursday. Well, we know. I think I pulled a stat out. I think this is right. Don't quote me on it, but I think this is right. We've under Sean Dykes, we've gone ahead in fourteen games, and we've won ten and zero on four. So it shows how important the first goal is. Um, but Pete, do you hold that much hope Thursday? You know, obviously Newcastle are in good form. They've got this big injury list. I think we placed it the third third time on the spin, third season on the spin. We played on a Thursday night, I think, which is just ridiculous. Um, but our seven Thursday, are you going as good as in parking in hope more than expectation? Weirdly, I feel quite optimistic about it, and I don't know whether it's because the the result against Forest is is maybe taking a lot of pressure off off this game. Um, but I I think we can cause them problems. I, I completely agree with Lee. I I'm really worried about that battle between Ashley Young and, and Anthony Gordon. I think particularly with the, the way Gordon plays, he's he's got that knack, hasn't he, of, of of getting his body between the player and the ball. And and going over and winning free kicks and getting defenders cards and it, it just yeah it doesn't feel well set up but you know look I'm I'm sure they'll uh, they'll prepare for that and prepare for him and have have a game plan regardless of whether it's Ashley Young or Seamus or or Patterson um, but I I think we can cause some trouble I I do and I I think it's it's a different game from when they they last came um, to Goodison and completely turned us over and I I think that's a sign of our development isn't it and how far we you know we've come as a, as a side and how we've changed how we've adapted so i yeah i'm not expecting us to to roll them over but i think we can cause some trouble and i i completely agree with with lee and the, the stat you've just shared it's I, it, it could be a case of first goal the winner i think um which is another story that's dominated um Everton so far this season, but I'm quite happy with that story so far. So let's hope that one doesn't change. We just know the impact of how important that first goal is. If we score first Thursday at Goodison, it lifts everyone, doesn't it? The crowd, the players, you know, it, it, it almost, you know, how often do when we go behind it, we think oh, more so a home and away, but oh, it's going to be tough now, especially against this kind of side. But there's no reason why we can't, you know, as I keep saying, Everton are in very good form, one forward last six. Don't go and get out of your head. And the players have got to remember that they are in good form. You know, United was a blip, but a blip that Everton played all right in. And we could have really and should have really got something from the game, in my in my opinion. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where we've got we've got to look at what have we done over the last sort of six, seven, eight weeks. And Everton have done particularly well. You know, we're a side who, as we said already, should be galvanized by what's going on. You could see it by the 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 post-match scenes at uh, Forest last night. Look at the fans. Look at the players over with the fans. We we know. And and even the thing on match of the day, um, I think it was Guy Mowbray doing the commentary there. And he said at the end, you know, it very much it, it is. It's Everton against the world and, and Everton are winning. And that's what it's all about. You know, the, the message is out there. We, 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 we're not going anywhere. We'll keep on going. We'll keep on fighting. The players are showing it. They've shown it against United. They've shown it against Nottingham Forest. That we're, we're up for the fight. And, you know, Get some points back, and it's a much more comfortable season, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a a sticky game, Thursday. But we certainly shouldn't be going to the game thinking we can't win it. Why? Why? 
you know, we, we've got the players that can win the game. We've got a, a solid side. We've got a good manager who's, who's got these players well drilled. If you get Calvert-Lewin back, if you get Onana back over the next week or so, you know, make a real difference to these two games that are coming up in, in such a short space of time at Goodison Park. But let's have our predictions if we can, Lee. What are we saying? Newcastle United on Thursday. Like I said before, I think it's, I think it could be. It certainly won't be. I don't think anyone. Well, in theory, I don't think it'll be anywhere near uh, a trouncing as it was when they came to us last season. Uh, I fancy us to give them more of a game this time. Um, I'm going to go one-one. I think it, I think it'll be a draw. I think, you know, like I said, that they're in reasonable form. So are we. Um, but I think it'll be. I think it'll be a pretty tight game. Um, but yeah, just before I finish quickly, before we go to Pete on that as well, can I, can you uh, obviously a big shout out to um, to Andy Burnham as well, um, who I think's been absolutely phenomenal, hasn't he? Um, in terms of uh, obviously he's written to the Premier League as, as 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 a fan first and foremost, not the mayor of Manchester, and and demanded some 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 um, reaction to what he felt was a few a few injustices, like we all said, or a few. Holes in their argument, shall we say, and and a massive credit to him um, for for raising that. And and if anyone's not seen it on Twitter, have a read of his letter as well, which is absolutely bob on. Um, and no doubt you've shared it on our page, Mike. I think I'm you, no doubt. But it's it's absolutely superb and huge credit to him. Look, a lot of people have played a part in bringing this to the to, to um, you know to the fore. And hopefully justice will be served on it. But he he he's been superb and a, just a big shout out to him. Yeah, you need you need these kind of people in your corner. You know, I, I don't care about fans of other clubs. I don't care about getting pats on the back from uh, other fans. I think other fans need to understand what we're doing it for. And we ain't saying we haven't done nothing wrong. What we're saying is the punishments totally outweighs the actual crime. You know, and why does it? Where, where's the transparency? Where's the reasoning behind it? Because that hasn't come out. But so having like Andy Burnham, having it in, you know, people in the media still pushing it, still talking about it, massively important. Uh, and he's been great, obviously. Everton, Everton seen to get older. Everton fan, of course. Mayor, uh, Metro Mayor Manchester. Secondly, being Everton seen to get older is the important thing in this. It's not to do with the work that he does. But he's a politician, so getting these kind of things told about by politicians and, and in Parliament and things like that makes a massive difference to, to the case that we've got. So you know, we, we, he's going to keep on highlighting it, as are we, and as fans, we should, we we always should. We 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 shouldn't be backing down on this because he wants us to go away. And we ain't gonna go away. We'll get answers and, and we'll we'll get points. We we'll get points back, believe, believe you me. Um Pete, back to Newcastle. Lee saying what all. Do you agree with that one? Let me dream, lads. Let me dream. One eleven. One eleven. You yeah, I think you are. It's, it's a bit of a dream that, but not but certainly not not, not unachievable. I really think Everton can win the game. I really do think we can win the game. You know, the batter them bruised, Anthony Gordon said after the game yesterday. They were carrying all these little niggles and things like that. I think I, I agree with with a one all, but no reason why we can't why we can't win the game. That's for sure. Uh, but you know, we always love love getting down to Goodison Park of a of a night time, of course. Um, half seven kickoff on on Thursday. It's probably going to be cold, isn't it? So we're, me, me and Lee are sitting here with our with our hats on at the moment. I've got the heat on, by the way. Just to, I've got a, a bad haircut. Well, or no haircut. So until that gets rectified, we're walking around with hats on like Hey Arnold. From back in the day, a bit of a retro throwback there for everybody. Um, but yeah, so it's, it could be it could be a cold one. But let's hope Everton can can warm us up on on Thursday night. Uh, but before we before uh, I close the show, a couple of little reminders. We have got a couple of competitions on the go at the moment on on Twitter slash X. First one is the ten thousand follower competition to win three of of our, our guests from last week, Jim Kogan's books, including his latest one. Um, that competition is out. And runs to. I'll have to check this. I should have checked it before I came on. Um, <clears throat> that competition runs to the eighth of December. Off the top of my head, I will double check. Uh, yeah, eighth of December at six pm next Friday. And then the big one, which uh, everyone's talking about. Not really, but it's it's a big one. Um, this is our Christmas competition, which is huge, by the way. Obviously, the Fulham Carabao Cup quarter final is sold out. You can't get a ticket for love, no money. We've got four to give away, which is two adults, two under 18s. We've also got a £100 worth of Everton 1 uh, or Everton 2 vouchers, whatever shop you want to go to. £50 Amazon voucher, £50 Marks and Spencer voucher, all thrown in to the prize. Absolutely massive just before Christmas. And that will be drawn a week today. 
uh, at 6 p.m. So next Sunday. So get yourself involved with that. Little retweet on the um, on the, the tweet that's gone out and, and give us a follow and you're in the competition. It's huge, that. Uh, and it could, it could make someone's Christmas. It could make the real difference to someone's Christmas as well. Maybe to someone who, who, who might be struggling. So it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. We we love doing this kind of thing. So so by all means, get get involved if you you want to enter that. But that is us for this week. And we are going to go sailing off on on air um, over the next two or three days. So good as, as we we approach the Newcastle game at Goodison Park. We're all happy. We've got a win. Massively important psychologically. It's massively important. Everton are back. Premier League. We're coming for you. We'll catch you next week. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.